Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in our giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we'll grow and gain great root. And that it will be like the tree beside the waters. That it will grow up to be a mighty oak. We thank you and we honor you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at our final episode for this series called Advent. It has been a very fun journey. I hope that you had a great time riding along on this journey. We're going to go a little bit differently today because I think it's, it's very significant for us to think about a teenage young lady and how honored she was in order to be the conduit to cause us to now celebrate the arrival of Jesus into the world. We have to really realize how much God loves us. And I heard a story that I'm going to get into in a little bit about the understanding of what that love means. So today I just want to take some time to talk about this young lady by the name of Mary. And, and, and we're going to look at what they call a magnificent. And it is the song that she sings when she's hanging out with her cousin. Um, and we're going to spend a little time talking about that and the reflection of God's love toward us and what Mary is saying. So in this, we should stop and think about how much God loves us. Even in the midst of whatever we're going through, God loves us. Even when we fall short, God loves us. And so when we started off this journey, in episode number one, we talked about, uh, we talked about hope. And after hope, we then talked about peace in episode number two. In episode number three, which was last week, we talked about joy. And here we are in the final episode, the fourth Sunday of Advent, and we're talking about love. And so... Our definitions go as this. Advent is a, a coming. It is intended as a season of devotion with reference to the coming of Christ in the flesh and a second coming to judge the world. Our next definition is love. Now, there's a whole herd of ways love can be expressed, but the most basic is to have benevolence or goodwill for to have benevolence or goodwill for we have just a couple of scriptures today that we're going to run through um, we're going to be doing John the third chapter in the 16th verse and then we're going to be in Luke the first chapter starting at the 39th verse John 3 16 is 
if anybody's been to Sunday school, you know this, you've heard it. Um, if you ever watched any NFL games, you've seen it on the television. This is the basic scripture that everyone, atheist, agnostic, everybody has heard of John 3.16. And it says like this, the English Standard Version says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Luke, the first chapter, starting at that 39th verse, goes like this. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is he who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart in Jesus' name. So what I want to take a little bit of time today to do, um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing probably about two hours. Uh, hopefully y'all got a little drink or something to hold you, hold you through. But we're, about two hours we should be. Oh, we got quiet over there. All right. So here it is. We talked about hope. We talked about peace. We talked about joy. But the foundational truth of this entire thing was, is all about love. And we have discovered that the English word love does not fully envelop the various meanings of the Hebrew or the Greek word. We, we've heard, you know, all the different Greek and the Hebrew and all this, but I just want to take some time to tell you a quick little story. A friend of mine was, who, who was a missionary was telling me about a friend of his who was a missionary who dealt with the Indians, some Indians in Central America that lived up in the hills. They had no written language. So he was going up there to translate the Bible for them. And 
So you learn the language, then you have to figure out what words uh, go with the translation so you can translate them. Well, they had no word for love. So as he was doing John 3.16, he, he was trying to figure out how to convey the meaning of that to them. But they had no word for love. And so what he ended up using, once he had talked to them, he found out that they used the word hurt. They used the word hurt. And so John 3.16 says, For God hurt so much for the world that he gave his only son. And that kind of gives us the depth of the word love. That God hurt. He was in so much pain for the world that he gave in order to relieve the people from that separation. And as we look at the situation where this teenage girl who was pregnant before she was married, went to spend some time with her older cousin who lived in the hills. Back in the day when a young lady would get pregnant out of wedlock, they would send her away for a little bit and then she would come back with the baby. And we see here how when Mary arrived, and gave the greeting that it caused the baby that was inside Elizabeth to react. And we can see how when Elizabeth reacted to the reaction of her child, that she spoke more life into Mary. Now, why was it that Mary was not in distress? I believe that she was in distress. I believe that she was stressing because all these things didn't look right. Yes, she was engaged to Joseph, but they weren't married. She had not been with a man, but she, I believe she knew that she had not transgressed, and that's why she could continue on to do what she needed to do. Sometimes when we show love to people, they may not at first appreciate it as love. Sometimes love puts us in a position whereby it's not comfortable for us because that's not the way we've done it before. And so we have to realize that when God is moving us, when God is showing his love for us, it is because he sees our current condition and realizes that he needs to move us to a new location. Uh, have you ever had some, had a, a, some of us are very neat people, that we have everything in a certain position. You walk into their office and everything has a perfect angle and you know, and the, what's that, the feng shi? The, the, yeah, him the feng shui thing and all that stuff is all lined up and stuff. 
and you walk in there and you put your hand on their desk and kind of bump something and they just stop talking to you and realign stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because they just, everything has to be a certain way. And sometimes we get ourselves locked into a certain way of living our lives. We go through this pain. I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, you know, there's an old saying that it's better to deal with the devil that you know than to try to deal with the devil that you don't. So sometimes we say, I'd rather just stay in this position because I know how bad I'm going to feel in this position. If I try to get out of it, I don't know how bad I'm going to feel outside that situation. But God is saying, when I give you this love, when I give you my son, when I reestablish the conduit by which we will have fellowship with one another, pain will not be your primary emotional condition. Love causes a soothness to come into our lives. When we feel loved, we feel comfort, we feel peace. We feel as if everything is going to be all right. When we feel love, we know that I'm going through a situation, however, I'm not going through it by myself. And so when we look at what Mary is saying, Mary is saying, I know that God is going to provide. I know that God has set this up. I have yielded myself to God, and because of this, I am going to be able to be the conduit by which God is going to show love to the entire world. Isn't it something, isn't it interesting that this young lady, when confronted by the angel, said, let it be. Let it happen the way God says for it to happen. And the very presence of the Spirit of God overshadowed her and she began to go through the gestation process by which she was going to bring Jesus, Emmanuel, into the earth. She goes as far as says that, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. I am yielded totally to you. Some versions say that she says that I'll be a slave to you, to your desires. Whatever you want, God, I'm willing to do that for you. And she says this because she knows that God keeps his promises. If God says he's going to keep us in all things, guess what? In all things, you kept. And so we have to realize that love manifests a word that we say all the time. Love manifests salvation. Salvation doesn't just mean the forgiveness of sins, but Salvation also means deliver, restore. It means that God says, I care about you so much that I want to put you in the position that I established for you before the creation of the universe. 
God already has all this love, uh, laid out. He already has this desire for you. He already has done all these things for you so that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are God's special choice. I do want to take a moment and just let you know that, that God loves you, you so much that he set all this up just for you. Just for your situation. God set this up just for you. He's concerned about you just that much. God loves you so much that the Bible says that he has counted the number of hairs on your head. And some of y'all, we realize that he is actually not counting up, he's counting down, but that's all right. He's still making reference and keeping you accounted for. So we have to realize that his, his love for us far surpasses the love of a normal person. Because we, don't, we lock love into being either physical. We lock love into being emotional. But very few of us lock love into being spiritual. See, when you love through your spirit, it covers all. It, every situation, every fault, the love covers it because your love has no conditions attached to it. When we have conditional love, that means when the conditions are not met, then we don't love. But God looked at a world that had turned his back on him, has done so many things to destroy what he has created that he still allowed the process of reconciliation to occur. Why? Because the love he had was unconditional. If we can look in the mirror and look at ourselves and say, I love unconditionally, I think it would change how we deal with our children, how we deal with our spouses, how we deal with our friends, how we deal with our family. Because when you love unconditionally, it's going to sometimes hurt you, but you're still going to look out for the best of them. That God is always looking out for us. His desire is for us to have success. His desire is for us to live in abundance. His desire is for us to walk in his way. So what we have to grab hold of is God loves you just that much. And his desire is for you to reflect that very same love to folks that you come in contact with. I know, I know, some of y'all just said I cussed. I didn't cuss. I'm just saying. That is his desire. Because he says that they will know that you are Christians by the love that you show one towards another. By the understanding, by the compassion, by the forgiveness that we show towards one another. That's how they will know that we serve God. 
So when we look at Mary blessing the name of the Lord, thanking him that his word is true, and that this is a promise all the way from Abraham all the way up to today, God loves us that much. <coughs> we can look around and we can say, but, but look at the, 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 the people that are in charge of us, the, the political figures. They don't, they're not showing love. They seem to be all personal and, and only want to take care of themselves. Don't you know that God knows that? But he still wants us to reflect love to them because their time is coming. When Jesus returns, he's going to remove all governments and establish his kingdom. And so all these folks that have been doing oppressing and depressing and putting folks down and doing all this craziness, they will have to. Oh, they got an answer for it. And so in the midst of love today, I want to tell you that when we are loved, it's easy for us to be Submissive. I know that's another cuss word. It's easy for us to take our desire, our wants, our perceived need, and subject it to the one that we are submitting to. I know we have made it sound like that only the female gender of Humanity is supposed to be submissive, but all you got to do is jump up. I believe it's two verses before that, and the, and the Bible says in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 21st verse, I'm totally off my notes, but it just tells us that we should be submitting one to another. And so submission is us taking our want, our desires, what we think we deserve, and laying it low in order to assist the person that we are submitting to. I heard, uh, uh, I can't remember who it was now, but he said that him and his wife's, the reason he believes they're, they're, they're successful in their relationship is because they try to outserve one another. And everybody else, looks at that and says, oh, y'all, it don't take all that. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be all that. But he said, for us, that is our goal. Can I serve my wife more than she serves me? And can I serve my husband more than he serves me? Can I look at and, and, and provide for and, and, and look into how I can serve him or her so that they feel loved. I wonder how many marriages would be transformed if they tried to outserve each other without thinking that there was some type of underlying ulterior motive in it. I just I just want to serve you because I love you. I want to show my love through my ability to serve you and submitting to you. Hmm. Let me get back on the street. All right, so when we look at how Mary 
goes through this, she talks about how God is going to change hearts, that he has changed hearts, and that all that he's doing is based upon his unconditional love for us. I want to challenge us today to be like Mary and realize that God's love knows no bounds, knows no limitations. So whatever you have done that you feel has caused you to be out of favor with God, guess what? It's not that bad. It's not bad enough that God will throw you out or kick you out or remove you. God's love is unconditional. And what makes it so funny is in the midst of that unconditional love, he sends or he comes and he establishes an example for us on this earth in Jesus to show us how to live with unconditional love. And still, as we talked about last week, he went through the suffering, the pain of the cross because of the joy that was set before him because he knew that he was going to reconcile us back to himself. Isn't that something? That he would love us that much. Now I know most folks will be like, well this is the Christmas message. We should be excited. Well, I'm excited because if we understand how much God loves us and if we can just walk in a piece of how much God loves us as we interact with one another, I think we can change our sphere of influence. When we can say, I love this person because God loves them. And because God's love towards me is unconditional, I'm going to do my best to be unconditionally loving to that person. I think it will change environments. It will change workplaces. It will change everything around you. Have y'all ever met that, that person that just is so nice to everybody and everybody want to be around them? And that person may be you. Uh, that's because everybody wants to be or feel loved. They want to feel and be a part. They want to feel secure in their environment. And I believe that is what God has done for us when he sent Jesus. He made an environment that we can feel secure in this earth knowing that this earth is not our home. This earth is just a place so that we can refine ourselves to be those citizens that he desires for us to be. One more point and then we're going to call it a day. So we have not just a God who wanted to save us, we have a God who through his love for us, wants to help us through the situations that we're going through. He wants to be there for us. He wants to assist us. But the one thing that I have discovered about God is that God doesn't force himself. 
as we submit to him, he gives us the guidance, he gives us what we need in order to be where we need to be. I don't know about you all, but I'm the kind that I like to help God to do things. And I have discovered, and I'm still discovering, that every time I help God, I kind of mess it up. Have y'all ever tried to teach a child how to cook or try to do a project? And you say, okay, let me do this part, but they got to help you do it. And then you end up having to start all over again because they did too much or they didn't do enough or... I sometimes I, I, I feel like that, that child. I want to help God, but he says, no, no, I got it. And then when he turns his back, I go over there and I try to help him do it. And then he comes over there and says, okay, now we got to start all over again. Because some of us wonder why we keep going through the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I just might want to tell you, you might keep putting your hands in it and so it has to be restarted until you can really realize what you need to do is wait on the Lord and see his salvation in that situation alright well ladies and gentlemen I, I, I want to say this God loves you so so much that he has done everything that he could possibly do in order to reconcile you back to himself. There was a price that needed to be paid, he paid it. There was uh, a, a penalty, paid the penalty. Everything that needed to be done has been done except for one part. And that part is acceptance of what is done for you. And the Bible tells us that if we accept what God has done for us, we get into a position whereby we are back in right standing with God. And God's desire is for us to be in right standing with him. But again, because he loves us unconditionally, he allows us to make that decision. It's not a forced decision. It's not him putting our arm behind our back and twisting our arm and saying, you are going to become a part of my kingdom. That's not how he does business. He wants you to, be a, wants you to want to be a part of the kingdom. And it's a very, very simple process. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And then it also says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that word saved, as we said before, doesn't just mean the forgiveness of sin, but it means a rescue. It means a deliverance from the penalty of sin because it's already been paid for. And he desires for you to be back in right standing with him. And so if you have not done that, I just want to encourage you today to make that decision. And when you make that decision, please let us know at info at godshousecc.com. And we will come alongside you and assist you along this journey to help you to become all that God wants for you to be and all that he has for you. His desire is for you to be in his kingdom.
And so we want you to grab hold of that and understand that info at godshousecc.com. Let us know because I say it every Sunday, I'm going to say it again. Because this is not an individual event, it's a team sport. And we are going to come alongside and assist you in accomplishing that goal of understanding everything that God has for you. All right? Well, friends and family, that is the end of our series called Advent, the coming, the celebration of Jesus coming, in which we celebrate on the 25th of December, but also us acknowledging he's coming back again to us grab hold of or to assume his position as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We hope that every something has been said that has been encouragement to you and has given you uh, understanding about how important this time of the year is and what the celebration of Advent is all about. With that being said, I just want you to have a happy Christmas. Enjoy yourself for me and yourself and your family. And until next time, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.